Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for April 29th, 2018. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Spring is in full (laughs) swing. And for those of us that are gardeners uh, here in Central California, uh, I go to my vegetable garden every day and uh, you know, <clears throat> some years ago when I first decided to take up gardening, I decided to to use the method of what's called raised beds. And you get some, uh, <clears throat> instead of planting into, on ground level, you, you get uh, <clears throat> some boards and you make a box. And then you put the dirt inside the box. Uh, raised bed. So you, you don't have to bend over so much because the bed is raised. It's not on ground level. And um, I got some uh, uh, redwood planks um, about 12 inches wide. And I got them 20 feet long. And... Uh, so my bed is 20 feet long and then four feet wide. So four by 20. And then uh, I fill it up with uh, garden soil, put in compost um, and so forth, build up the soil. Uh, and I actually made, so, so when I go, and then what I did is, you see, uh, there's a uh, wire material. Uh, it's called technical name. It's called hardware cloth, uh, but it's not really cloth. It's wire, okay? Um, and it maybe has about a half inch uh, square in terms of where the 
the netting is, how what the size of the netting is, and it's pretty substantial wire, like, and it could be used for a wire fence. And of course, you heard about like chicken coop wire. Okay, there the the netting is pretty wide. Okay, um, but if it's about only a half inch, quarter inch hardware cloth, and it comes about four feet wide and then a hundred foot roll. Okay. So I I said, Oh, this is four feet wide. This is just the same width as my raised bed. And I made almost a dozen of these raised beds. Okay. And um when you when I make one then I put this hardware cloth, it's four feet wide and I cut it at twenty feet and I lay it when I first make my bed, I lay it on the ins- on the bottom of the raised bed. Then I put the dirt in, and this will prevent um, gophers from digging in underneath and coming up into my raised bed. Okay, because if they try to get in there, it's blocked. Uh, but of course, <laughs> they get in there anyway. There's some way they get in, you know. Um, maybe the the <laughs> maybe the the long way, you know, the twenty foot length side kind of bows out a little bit. You know, you got all that dirt in there, and dirt's heavy and has some pressure, and and so maybe this, even though you put in some two by four support right in the middle of that 20 foot length you know and you pound it into the ground to support it sometimes it it could uh bend and by bending it means that that makes a little bit of an opening <laughs> from your hardware cloth which is only four feet wide okay and maybe they squeeze in there but anyway the other morning i went check on my the vegetables that I planted in there, and I see that uh, <clears throat> I have some gophers in a couple of my beds. And in fact, they eat the roots. They like the roots of like broccoli or or even. Uh, <laughs> we share funny stories with uh, my my relatives, and that have also have home gardens, you know, on their farms and stuff, and. Sometimes he said he's sitting out there, and one of my cousins, and he sees his onion plant shaking, and then boom, it just it just pulled underneath the ground, it disappears. The gopher is eating that onion bulb, and and then he just pulls the thing right down into the ground. Um. So, but my point about mentioning this is, as a Dharma lesson is the nature of heaven, the nature of the pure land, the nature of paradise. Um, Living in an enlightened world, however you want to put it, well, I learned that there's gophers in the pure land. I don't get so excited anymore. Before, I said, oh, man, I, you know, this is terrible, okay? 
And you can get awfully frustrated uh, in, in gardening because things don't go perfectly. Now, think about it. You know, say, let's just use the term pure land uh, or heaven. Is the most common idea a place where everything goes the way you want? Think about that. I mean, supposing if you're a golfer and you got a real long putt, 50, 50 feet putt, okay? And if you're in, playing in heaven, is there a lot of satisfaction in in shooting, doing that putt when you know it's going to go in? <laughs> huh? Um, or... As I have read, well, you know, uh, listening to the angels playing their harps, oh, that's beautiful music in heaven. But forever? Um, <clears throat> so when you really start to think about it, then you say, yeah, you know, yeah, there's gophers in the pure land. And there's mosquitoes, and there's even rattlesnakes. There could be even rattlesnakes, okay. depending on where your pure land is, depending on where you where I where you live, okay. And one of the greatest teachings or insights that Mahayana Buddhism made is the phrase "samsara is nirvana." Okay. Usually we think of these things as opposites. Samsara is the, wor- the world of birth and death. Okay. Uh, and nirvana is, well, <laughs> non-dualistic world of oneness, the Buddha's world, and samsara is our suffering human world. What is that statement of that? How do you reconcile these seemingly opposite views. Okay. How can there be gophers in the pure land? By gophers, we might mean something that's, you know, we don't particularly care for. But even, you know, and we do have rattlers here. Okay. It's not so bad. You know, it's not like a constant thing. We haven't seen any rattlesnakes on our property for for some years now. I mean, I know we have them because oh, it's, we've been here about, what, 10, 11 years, and uh, maybe I've seen half a dozen, okay? So it's not every year that you see them and so forth, okay? But that's a little bit, that's an interesting thing when you could state, yeah, there's rattlesnakes in the Pure Land. Because they're, kind, they're dangerous. They could be dangerous. Okay? Not just an irritation, but that's very important insight uh, that makes that that's necessary for the pure land to be the pure land. Uh, and this, <laughs> wow! <laughs> you think about it. You think about it. Uh, it's a very interesting thing. It makes us wonder about our whole orientation of and, and what's life all about. 
Okay, I want to introduce our guest who's going to give us a Dharma glimpse today, Alex Sun, and he's part of our current LM10 groups that's finishing up. And they're going to come for induction here to Course Code, to Bright Dawn Center uh, in a few weeks, uh, third week in May. And he lives in Ohio. So let's hear from Alex Sun. Uh, thank you, Sensei, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak today. It's a real honor, and I appreciate it. Today, for my Dharma glimpse, the title is going to be Healthy Body, Healthy Buddha Nature. Now, when we examine the human body, the default setting is one of good health. That is to say, we assume that people are supposed to be healthy, and then we go from there. So we wake each morning with the expectation that we'll be able to breathe without trouble, that our eyesight will be clear, that our limbs will move freely, etc. However, if something in our bodies doesn't operate as we expect, for example, our stomach hurts or we have a fever, then we have a name for that. It's called being sick, and depending on the severity of our sickness, we may go to a doctor in order to find a remedy. Naturally, the doctor will do an examination, diagnose the cause of our sickness, and then prescribe a treatment so our bodies will return to their default settings of good health. Now, in terms of spiritual health, Buddhism operates in much the same way. We start with the assumption that human beings are basically good. We expect them to make wise, loving decisions in daily life, which result in reduced suffering for both themselves and other living beings. Now, of course, people can be a disappointment. Uh, We are bamboo beings, foolish creatures, ensnared by the poisons of greed, anger, and ignorance. As a result, we sometimes act in ways that are harmful to ourselves and those around us, contrary to the inherent enlightenment that we all possess. But all isn't lost. We have a name for this type of behavior in Buddhism, It's called being sick. And Buddha, in his wisdom, provided us with a cure 2,600 years ago when he gave his first lecture in Deer Park. By teaching us the three marks of existence, the Four Noble Truths, and the Eightfold Path, Buddha laid out a framework which provides relief from suffering. Now, it's a long and difficult journey, but if we're brave enough to walk the path, we get in touch with our spiritual default setting which is good and pure. When we practice Buddhism, we awaken to our true nature. We return home. So in this way, there's nothing new that must be attained. We don't need to fix ourselves or feel guilty about past mistakes. It's enough to simply take our daily medicine, seated meditation, chanting, sutra study, etc., so that our good spiritual health is restored and maintained. That's the real beauty of this practice. We can go home anytime we want to a place within us of peace and loving kindness. Buddha has provided us the path. All we have to do is walk. May, may all sentient beings be saved from suffering. Thank you, Sensei. Thank you very much. I think. <clears throat> You know, in the Buddhist literature, uh, the Buddha is often 
depicted as a you know, physician and um, using the medical analogy and um, uh, um, one of the biggest attractions of Buddhism is the straightforwardness of of uh, looking at the human condition and uh, just like the, you know like the body okay? so all symptoms and then you know you go to the doctor and then he says oh well here's the diagnosis okay he has experienced okay maybe does some tests and here's the here's the diagnosis and here's the cause okay and here's the treatment okay and then you know the cure or the prognosis you know? and uh <clears throat> when we talk about disease sometimes that has been pointed out if you want to use it for uh you know human human suffering uh not the physical disease but you put the a hyphen after the dis this ease so something's just not right okay you're not at ease and uh, uh if well a couple of things one is the four noble truths is you know the buddha's basic first teaching follows this kind of a model that says why well, you know uh here's what's happening and you know this suffering this dudka you know, has a cause okay. so oh okay here's a cause and here's how you could you know treat it now as straightforward as that is <laughs> i was <laughs> i was you know, I talk to people that have illnesses, friends, and, you know, family members. And a lot of times, it's not so straightforward what the problem is. You're sort of lucky if you know what the problem is. Then they know what to do. But modern medicine is not like a, you know, it, it's not like a complete science. There's a lot of guesswork involved. Okay. It's complicated, and sometimes you don't know the cause. Right. And and it sometimes depends upon the individual. Okay. Usually it's like this for most people, but you know, uh, there's individual differences. Okay. Uh, and so sometimes in an individual case, they don't know what the cause is. And it's called idiopathic, okay, big word, but <laughs> I just learned that a few recently. You know, when you see the word idiopathic, it means, uh, well, we know what's wrong, but we don't know what's causing it. Okay, so we have to treat the symptom. That's the best we could do. Or we know how to take care of it, but we really don't know the cause. Doubt and we trial and error, and we know how to fix it up, but we don't really know the cause. And I heard someone who was in the medical, you know, field and kind of joking among doctors, 
since the idiopathic, <laughs> they said, yeah, we're all of us, you know, in the medical field are idiots. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. We're supposed to be the experts, but we don't know what's going on. Okay. So maybe we could apply this to the complexity of, of, uh, of human life and the spiritual world where, yeah, we do have a lot of, uh, knowledge, okay, different religions and different philosophies or different, you know, ways to take care of ourselves, but sometimes we don't really know what's going on. We we do have to sometimes treat the symptoms, and but we really don't understand what's going on, okay? And to really get at the cause, that's the the real way of 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 treating something, okay, trial and error and so forth. So we, that's built in. Okay, that's your gopher, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Oh, I thought, you know, hey, uh, Buddhism or, you know, hey, how come religion doesn't, how come this is a great teacher, you know, why am, why am I not <laughs> in the pure land? Okay. Now, the other thing that comes to my mind is, you know, we always take our health uh, for granted, both physical and mental and spiritual. Okay? When nothing's going wrong, when things are going smooth, it's just human nature, you know, we just take it for granted. Okay? Then when you get sick, you say, oh, man, this, okay. Um, so it behooves us to appreciate when we're, when we are okay, and strive to keep it that way. Okay. Uh, so in other words, staying fit, staying healthy, okay. and not just getting getting concerned when you have the symptoms and you get sick. You say, oh, I got to do something now. No, you could do something okay, to, to stay fit, to stay healthy. Okay. Um, eating right, exercise, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and well, you ha- you have what's called spiritual practices, okay? keeping yourself spiritually fit. Huh? It's sort of like uh, maybe like a stretching routine. You know, uh, uh, you, you, except here, you you're staying spiritually or mentally flexible. Okay? In addition to your body being flexible and the benefits of a flexible body, okay, so that you won't pull a muscle and, and you know, and, and so forth and so forth. So we don't think, we say, oh, we understand the model of, well, you could do a heavy workout, but it's better if you do it a little bit every day. Every day, see? Um and so it takes a kind of a mental attitude or something like this. Okay? Some people say, "Oh, I just can't fit it in," or "Oh, it's an it's an irritation." It's not easy to you know do something every day. Okay? How do you make? How do you create a healthy habit? Huh? Some people they could get into the routine and say, "Yeah, I brush my teeth, I I I tie my shoes, and I work out." Okay? And it doesn't have to be a long thing or an involved thing. Of course.
course, everyone's different. Depends how old you are, what kind of shape you're in, and all these things. But I think it, uh, that's, a, that's a good analogy, taking care of our body. Yeah, you know, the, the idea of staying healthy, okay, not doing harm. Okay. Well, sometimes we do go off the path and we <laughs> eat some, indulge in, you know, and once in a while, that's okay. And the same thing happens. Once in a while, we we blow up and get angry. <laughs> you know, soaps. Huh? And there's a, there, there's a, and sometimes there is a lot of idiopathic things that are going on. That we're not on top of it. We cannot control things 100%. All the time, in all circumstances. Come on, that's not, doesn't, you know, that's not common sense. That's not rational. That's not. You know, so we have to build in these kind. Of, we have to f- figure out, okay, how you know it's a work in progress. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. A work in progress, and you got to keep going. It's not like you say, okay, yeah, okay, oh, I know how. I know good health, okay. okay. Uh, sometimes we have that mentality, and it gets us into trouble. So, well, 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 that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time. Keep going with a smile, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you.